When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey everyone, welcome, and for previous followers, welcome back. This is The Basement Binge. I'm your tri-host, Cade Lurcher. This week, we watched Mad Max Fury Road. And this is your second tri-host, Kelton. And I'm your third tri-host, Harrison. And uh, just to give you guys an update of how we're kind of breaking down this film, talking about it, we're going to start with what we call Pick Your Poison, um, where we each talk about our feelings about this movie, whether we would choose to never see it again, rent it maybe on like some streaming service or Redbox or something or even buy it um, followed up immediately by what we call our two cents where we each get exactly two minutes um, just to, to support the reasons why we would buy it um, so I guess I will go first here while Kate's pulling out the timer um, so obvious answer clock. obvious answer for me I would buy this movie and the reason why one I already own this movie so that's an obvious answer <laughs> <laughs> but the second thing is I just am in love with this movie. I feel like I'm just going to self-proclaim that I'm an expert on this movie because I've watched it easily. This is probably a bad thing to say, but easily over 20 times. I've read wow. everything you can about Dang. it. I've watched every behind-the-scenes behind the thing you can about it. I've read everything the director, George Miller, has to say about it. I've just studied this this film. It was introduced to me in one of my film classes, and it's just... Every time I watch it, I'm amazed at how good of a movie it is, and it's so enjoyable to watch. The action is phenomenal. The acting with such little dialogue is phenomenal. The storytelling mixed with action is phenomenal. The directing, the cinematography, the use of practical effects, the themes and messages of it, just the lore of the world. Tom Hardy's in it. Um, <laughs> and... Uh, there's, it's got clean language, which is great. It's got my favorite phrase that I use all the time, fang it. You know, like, there's just <laughs> so many things about this movie that I just love. Um, and so for that reason, I would obviously buy it and keep coming back to it, particularly the reason that I just think it has powerful messages that we can apply. But it's also such a fun story to watch, It's and the action is phenomenal. It's just, just enjoyable to just watch, just turn off your brain and watch. Um, but it's also incredibly enjoyable to talk about and why it has meaning and why we should think about it and and what messages it's saying for our world and why it's it pertains to us um it's it's a movie that lasts which which is pretty cool um but i still have 15 seconds and i don't know what else to say without getting too deeply into it i'm just in love with this movie and i could talk about it forever because there's so much that just falls out of this movie every time i watch it so awesome all right, well, here's here's my pick, my poison. I'd say I'm kind of on the fence. I would I want to say I would 
I would rent it for multiple reasons, but I would pursue and watching multiple times if that makes sense. Okay. Because one, I mean, a lot of movies that I buy is for like me and my wife to watch, and so me buying Mad Max Fury Road, I I couldn't really see my wife watching it, so I say I would watch it with someone. I'd be I'd always be down to watch it. But I wouldn't buy it. I would rent it. Just okay, so just okay. for the sake of my wife, if okay. that makes sense. Um, my two cents of the movie. When I came into it, um, I knew it was. I didn't. I found out it was rated R, but I was curious of how they portrayed it because since you loved it so much, so I trusted your 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 instinct to have how much you love this movie. So I came into it with an empty, open mind and wanted to know, okay, what's the story? Because a lot of radar movies are like extreme like all about like the just why it's rated r and they just not like, so much the story not so much yeah. the story and so the story is kind of like a lot of empty holes and unanswered questions but this movie didn't have that it had the radar because of just the of just the violence all the other th- all the other reasons why you could say something is rated r they excluded that from this movie and i really liked that so i can so for me i could focus on the story and i enjoyed the story it was Great, I was incredibly impressed by how they moved the story along with such little dialogue. That was what I was impressed the most, as well as the scenic shots. I like this. They like they pull back and they show uh, this next scene as they go into it, but it just is very kind of a slow motion or just very dramatic scene where it's just like it's just epic, and you kind of want to just pause the movie and just look at it because it's so incredible. But that's that's what those were my first. Thoughts just right off the top of my head. Alright, two minutes are up. Alright, um, this is Kelton here. Um, for my pick, my poison, I think I'm still on the fence about this one. I really don't know what to say. I'm stuck kind of between renting it and buying it. And the reason why is because I was actually pretty confused about this movie to start off. <laughs> I haven't. <laughs> I, ha- I haven't. Definitely. Where is this? I, I, I was sick today, so I'm still kind of like out of it, but. Um, I, I had no idea there were like other movies before this and so definitely if you haven't kind of read up on this before you might be a little confused on like who is who and like why these certain people are in charge and what the heck is going on but um, Harrison explained a little bit to us and going through it um, it's a little different like like the other two tri-hosts have mentioned um, there's not a lot of dialogue so it's a little different but you kind of have to Going with this, kind of with different expectations. Um, I love the action in this movie. Definitely kind of um, a lot of stuff you haven't really seen before, or at least I haven't in movies. Um, I think one of the great things with this movie that kind of kind of drew my attention was the lighting. Um, I noticed there are kind of two different effects with like the daytime and the nighttime and I thought it was really cool. I love the nighttime. I don't know why, just the light. When it's blue. It was really cool. That's cool. Um, So I I definitely enjoyed the lighting and the action was just awesome. Totally new ideas on how to portray like war. You know, you're freaking driving a car and having a war. So I just thought it was really cool. Um, So yeah, it's, it's definitely a different movie but once I kind of was able to get past that I felt like I definitely started enjoying it more because the first like 40 minutes I was like what is going on I am so confused but um, as far as like my rating I think I would need to watch this movie again 
um, especially after we talk about this podcast, because I feel like I'm going to understand a lot more things and be able to um, enjoy what the producers put into this movie, because I feel right now a lot of stuff went right over my head, and I feel like I need to kind of talk about it to be able to get like the full effect, but I'm out of time, so. Nice. Good two cents. Yeah. It's really interesting. Like I said, I could talk about this movie forever, and I, in a funny way, self-flaw analysis, whenever someone, I mean, I could talk anybody's ear off about movies. It's a horrible flaw of mine. I think almost every podcast you've mentioned, I can talk about this all day. Well, like <laughs> Every single outside, time. Even like outside of podcasts, like I go to hang out with my friends. I'm like, do you guys like movies? And then I just like talk about them forever. It's horrible. It's so bad. I need to change it. But, movie box like pandora's box is oh, yeah, yeah. like i just unload and it's horrible i dominate conversations it's not good it's not a positive thing <laughs> that's why i'm a podcast yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it allows me to get get this out and not have to worry about it later but anyway no one i've never had a chance to talk to anybody about this movie because no one's have ever seen it um and i'd always want to bring it up to people because there's so many thoughts i have about it and so I was kind of just left to my own devices, meant left to having conversations with myself. So it just kind of led me to study this movie even more. Um, and it's really interesting, like remembering with talking to you guys, like remembering watching it for the first time, being like, what is going on? I have no idea. You know, it wasn't honestly, it wasn't until the third time around that I finally figured it out a little bit. And then I started studying up because I haven't seen any of the other movies it was just in my film class, and when I was in college, we weren't allowed to watch rated R movies, but the last day of the semester, our professor, he's like, you know, I'm not supposed to tell you this, this is off the script. If I could recommend any rated R movies for you guys, here's a list of them, and here's why. Go watch them on your own time. And this was the number one on the list, and I'd always wanted to see this movie. I remember when it came out in theaters, and I saw the trailers, I was pumped. Anyway, I'm dragging on here. Um, it's just kind of interesting to hear you, what you guys have to say about it. And I'm also really excited to like finally have somebody to talk to it about and like hear what they think about my opinions because I know I'm not right about anything and I know my ideas aren't the only ideas about this movie. So it'll be really interesting to see what you guys think about it and kind of hear your responses. So super, super, super quick. Ignore the noise. I'm going to move this so I can actually see Kate's face. <laughs> okay, okay. All right, well, I'll just go ahead and... I got some stuff to think, talk about with this movie. Um, okay, so do you, do we want to super quick? I mean, just kind of talking about Easter eggs and things you notice that type of stuff, or kind of talking about I, this is a hard movie to like yeah, mention Easter eggs because like everything about it and kind of the fun stuff is the movie. Like, there's not really a separation between like yeah, like everything that's fun is a part of the story, which kind of makes this movie amazing, but also is that much harder to understand. Um, so maybe we just kind of regularly for new viewers, what we do here is we have a segment where we break down any Easter eggs or just fun stuff we notice about the movie, not necessarily about anything. It's just fun. It's enjoyable. And then we kind of fall in is what we call it and, and talk about the themes and the meaning of this movie. So I think we're kind of just going to have to compile those together and yeah. just, yeah, okay, take it away. All right. Well, I'm just going to just, I'm just going to go out with it. I want to say that walking, we watched the movie, and then once we ended it, my first thought was, I feel like someone at a surface value 
could compare this to a movie I remember I think it's called Waterworld um, it's kind of like a post-apocalyptic sort of feel the same way this is but it's more about like the whole world is, is completely flooded with water and everybody's just being savages and trying to get after all like the necessary resources resources to survive but this way it was portrayed differently because going into it I was you kind of get thrown into the movie trying to understand what the heck's going on because there's these three groups of people one who owns water one who owns gas one who owns bullets and so I wanted and so like I just really had zero expectations coming to the movie and I was extremely impressed by like how much they tried to how do, how do I put it just make a huge deal about the about the cars like that's it was just a huge deal about it it's almost like religious yeah they, like they just they ate just all the time cars. they called the doctor the organic mechanic <laughs> yeah that was like what the heck I have a lot, I had a lot of what the heck moments, but it was it was always this amount of like out of fun rather than like I'm super confused because oh, there's just like a lot of talk about one thing I gotta stop eating over here. One thing that I think is really interesting, especially watching it this time, is how like out of order George Miller explains the lore of this movie that like the story of the movie is very linear. Max is captured. Then Furiosa takes a war rig and tries to run away. So Max is put on a car and he's chased down by Morton Joe. He gets his two brothers in on it. They make it to the many wives and then they turn around and go back and get the Citadel. Like it's a pretty straightforward linear story, but especially coming from last week, we forgot to mention we watched Inception, Christopher Nolan. He always tells things kind of out of, out of line, you know, things are told that happened previously are told later, you know, like time is kind of weird in the way he tells a story and the story is not very linear, but this story is linear, but the weird understanding of what's happening in the world and like the world building or the lore of it is very nonlinear. Like I said, it took me like three times to figure out this movie because I noticed in the first time that for whatever reason, Max has to be hooked up to, he's called a blood bag and he hooked up to an IV type thing and I was like okay that's weird and then the second time watching it I was like okay he's hooked up to this for a reason and so later in the movie when when Nux mentions how he's sick and they mention a healthy baby I was like oh okay maybe they're unhealthy so they need blood and so it's kind of like details that maybe you can remember from your first viewing you go back and later in the story you're like oh way back at the beginning of the movie they explain why, which I think is really interesting. I, I, I wonder why he did it that way. Because like a lot of like stories or strange worlds that you go in, you kind of enter this world, so to speak. And it's like, okay, here's the lore of this world. Here's how things work. Here's the laws that the world lives by. You know, like, I don't know. Just, I think it's interesting. Every time I watch him, I'm like, oh, that's a little more about the world of Mad Max that I didn't know. I just had a thought is that I think he had the movie... In my in my head, I want the I watched the movie and I want to watch it again after I finished it, because it was a good enough movie by itself, without me having to understand the story all too well, to have me go back and watch it again. I think that's maybe why he wanted 
the director wanted to give that vibe off so that people would come back again and again and then realize how good of a movie is like you said like you mentioned before you've watched it quite a few times and now you enjoy it and understand it and now you have an appreciation for it well before like for me i have a couple i remember just a few things from the movie like this the incredible action the craziness of the story and how amazing tom hardy is even though he has like i don't know a page and a half of lines (laughs) and so it all those good things those these small highlights makes you want to go watch the movie again and so i feel like that's a pretty unique strategy because a lot of movies that you watch it and you leave kind of with a half a glass half full or half empty you're kind of left without questions and you kind of have this bitter taste in your mouth but with this movie i feel that okay i think i need to watch this again because i want to rather than like that kind of sucked does that make sense yeah i think that's what i was thinking maybe his tactic is to inspire people to rewatch it yeah I would agree. Yeah, I mean, when I was watching this, I kind of got that vibe that if you enjoy Transformers, you're really going to like this movie, too. <laughs> <laughs> Straight up. <laughs> and, you know, it's it's definitely, like, it's it's different coming off of a movie like we watched last week for the That's podcast, true. Inception. Um, because Inception, you're kind of, you're there's so much into, the, like, the story that you you don't catch all of it the first time you watch it and I feel like this one's kind of like that but more in like a way that um, it's more of like a cinematic effect on things you gotta catch and definitely there's like a story but like underlying everything but um, it's it's a different kind of vibe to like understand if that makes yeah. sense but um, like I said like I mentioned in my two cents one thing I really enjoyed was just the lighting in the film. It, it kind of set two different moods. Like every time they're, you know, it's out in the sun, like daylight in the just desert. Just teal and orange everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> it's just hard and, you, know, you just think of action, you know, these, these guys are going at war. They're just fighting on their cars and their trucks. There's a guitar dude just going ham. Yeah, that was crazy. <laughs> I was like, his only job is just to play. He survives. Because <laughs> there's, a, there's a fight scene where it's like, like crap is going down with this guitar player and he's like just, He's just surviving and like, but he's on a and then as soon as the fight leaves, he's like, "All right, I got my guitar back." And he keeps playing, <laughs> and the, you know, the, this daylight mood kind of sets this effect to just chaos, you know. Yeah. And everything, you know, it's, it's like definitely, hot. yeah. You yeah, get that you feel, feel watching like, it. You're oh, just like, "Wow, it's so hot." I want like I don't want to be there. Yeah, you see him driving in the storm, and like you kind of like. I don't know, when they drove into the storm, I kind of like squinted my eyes, so like I wouldn't get this in my eyes, you know? Just because, which just goes into like the fact of how well like the lighting and like the the setting really is. Because anytime they went like at night, I just love that blue color. That lighting was so cool. Because it kind of took me a second to realize, hey, it's night, you know? But, um, yeah, true. you know, it, it was definitely a lot more uh, like chill, I guess. In that in that kind of lighting, and it kind of gave you time to develop with the characters because that's when a lot of the development went down, yeah. Or the character arcs kind of made progress because when there's just like explosions and like driving everywhere, it's kind of hard to get into that like feely stuff. Yeah. But I I I I just really enjoyed that part. Yeah, I will say piggybacking off that is like I heard one complaint from somebody, then then I went and rewatched the movie. Prove them wrong because this movie's because this movie's flawless to me. Yeah, yeah. 
and they were saying that like, oh, it's a movie that like it keeps you entertained with the action, and then it slows down to tell you the story and get to know the characters, and then when that gets a little boring, there's another action scene. And I feel like that's true in some movies, but I rewatched this one, and it's like my none of those scenes are ever boring. That like the action has enough story to keep me learning and keep me wondering about what's happening next and it's also a ton of action and then those story moments as you want to call them still have enough action and enough conflict that it's suspenseful and I wonder and I worry about the safety of the characters while learning about them which I think is incredible that like it's able to slow it down and speed it up while also kind of just maintaining the same tempo yeah I I I think I'm along with you there because Watching this movie, no matter what the tempo was, I legit had no idea what was going to happen. Like, yeah. this movie was really good at that. Like, it hooks you, and you're just like, it's nighttime, and Max just like, especially that part, you know, they get past the bog, and they're kind of driving on that high road, and Max just like walks off. You're like, what the heck is going on? Like, what is happening, dude? <laughs> like, he's just gone, and then you just hear like an explosion, like, what? <laughs> so, it, it definitely kept me. I didn't get that vibe of it slowing down necessarily in the fact that I had no idea what was happening. Like, not, not, not like that, but like I had no idea what was going to happen. Yeah. So it kept me hooked as in trying to figure out what was happening, who the heck is who, and why are they doing this? Yeah. And one thing I, I did notice, so compared to other movies, whenever they slow things down, it's, and it's like a kind of a mediocre movie, and they try to slow things down in order to explain the storyline. It's like really choppy and like really ugly dialogue. It doesn't make any sense any sense at all. But with this one, I don't feel like it kind of was like crazy hectic. Just everything. Okay, now story. But it just kind of feel like all right. It's just kind of like I don't know. The with the with the color scheme and the light scheme. If the blue color, I feel like it kind of just kind of put made things just slightly slower to me so that it's not like it's just dull and then super, super hard action and then dull again, but it just helped keep the story interesting. Yeah, something that Kate just helped me understand with like the blue color is like, it's almost like George Miller changed the way the movie looks that it's just like, it's black and blue. It's just blue and darker shades of blue. So it's almost easier for like your eyes to take in so you're not thinking about it so much with your eyes and you're thinking about it more with your mind. That's a cheesy way to say that, but I don't know. It's, it's, it's really I, like one of the ways I love to describe this movie is it's just intelligent filmmaking. Like everything that you could possibly know about how to direct and, and shoot a movie, I feel like George Miller knows in making this movie. He knows about writing. He knows about character development. He knows about dialogue and the... Uh, a need for less dialogue. He knows about like the way it should look, the way it should sound, the way that it should progress in addition to incredible cinematography and incredible practical effects. Like you could just enjoy this movie as like a homage to good old practical effects, which is incredible. I, I read somewhere, I can't, I think it was an interview that George Miller had somewhere and he was saying that like, for a lot of the action scenes, they'd have to get so close to the action they didn't want to risk these huge, expensive Hollywood cameras. And, you know, kind of those quick cuts, like, close to the action, just explosion, and then moves to some, like, wider angle. They would use, like, a Canon 5D, you know, just a regular DSLR. 
you know, that like a photographer has and they'd shoot video of it. And I think they blew up like five of them. (laughs) (laughs) If I remember right, like one of them was from like the heat, like it was just so hot in the Australian desert that just blew up. The rest was like so involved in the action that if I remember right, I got to go find that article. I want to see that, like that film, that recording of it's like recording and just gone. It's like, what the heck? Yeah. So I don't know. It's an interesting, interesting movie. Yeah. I, before I forget, something I noticed this movie did really well on was it told the story in just like visuals. It was really good at it. Things they wanted you to notice, they did really good at. Like they'd zoom in on a certain like object or they kind of like wide view it and you'd see something in the peripherals or the colors that pop out at you. Is it told you things about the story that was never even said. Like I remember certain scenes where they zoom up on skulls on the, on the truck. And you kind of just get the vibe of like who these people are and like just what goes down on the Fury Road. Because it mentions that earlier with Knox or whatever, mm-hmm. that you know he's, I'm gonna die on the Fury Road. And you're like, what the heck is the Fury Road? Like yeah. you, you're not introduced to that at all pretty much. But you just get this vibe is not necessarily like a certain place or anything. It's just the whole environment and setting of being at war out in the desert, driving your freaking truck with explosions and flamethrowers. Like it's just, I. So I just thought it was really good with the cinematography on drawing your attention to certain things that they wanted to be noticed. Yeah. And there's there's also to that, it's like I noticed this time particularly that like things that you really need to notice are like center frame. So your eyes aren't like shooting around the screen. Like what am I supposed to, supposed to focus on next? It was kind of like those things were always just like dead center. It was, it was easy for your eyes to find. So in like that way, George Miller was knowledgeable. Like, okay, this particular thing i really wanted to be clear what i'm conveying okay i'm gonna make it i'm gonna zoom in on it and i'm gonna put it in the center you can't miss it so i'm, I'm curious unless you guys have anything else to say super quick maybe you guys totally get the story now probably probably smarter than me it took me three watches to figure it out and i kind of want to just like in depth explain my personal understanding of the story and see if you guys agree with me okay so and i, I will say for any movie buff, any Mad Max buff, I have not seen the other movies. I, I'm not even going to try and reference those or try to understand them. Honestly, I don't even know what happens in them. <laughs> I just know, all I know is that he was a cop, he was a father and a husband, and he was a good man. And then he lost his wife and his daughter. And it, in this movie, affects him, you know, he's kind of insane because of that. But he's still a good man and to the point where he, he has a hard time letting injustice go untouched. But anyway, so I'm struggling to find out where to start. <laughs> um, okay. Because I don't just want to like read through the movie like a textbook. So maybe like trying to f- find good footing. Like maybe like what are questions you guys have about or what are things you're wondering or things that didn't make sense? Um, maybe kind of go into the whole religion thing. Okay, okay. Yeah, they're like super religious. Like it was a lot of. Um, it just drove everybody's motive to yeah. like just keep doing what they're doing. So yeah. what? What? How about more about that? Yeah. Again, like incredible filmmaking. George Miller needed a reason to have these war boys going to eleven in every scene to die. <laughs> like, and yeah, yeah, and like you could just have like a, a a mediocre movie where you just have these faceless goons who are just going to eleven to kill the good guys, or you. Or you could have these faceless and faced goons who are going to 11 in every scene because it means 
the world to them. This is probably just ignorance here, but what do you mean by like going to eleven? Like they're just like they're jumping off trucks into spikes with explosions. Like they're just like you know, like the phrase "going to 11 is I mean is like on like a a speaker for like a rock, you know, like a plug your guitar into or whatever. Normally the the dial the volume dial goes up to ten, and so I go, we're gonna take it up to eleven. <laughs> so, like, like everything they do is like absolute loyalty to die. Yeah. And, and I also think that like part of it and, and why I think it has meaning, oh, I'm going to get so deep into this. I want to keep it simple, super quick. Okay, let me, so let me dial back. Immortan Joe is a guy who controls water and he has these wives, you know, breeders as he calls them, which is horrible. Yeah, horrible. Um, that he has children with and... I still don't understand if all of the war boys are his children, but a lot of them are, like Rictus, the huge dude with him, and That's some other kids. I assume, you know, because he also had the other mothers who were pouring out milk. I don't know how to say that. Oh, yeah, it was weird. <laughs> but anyway, so he's, it's, he's been doing this for a while. So I think that a lot of the war boys are his children, and because he's sick, they're also sick. They're dying. Um. And so, one, they already know they're going to die, so that gives them a reason to die in glory. Yeah, they almost have nothing to lose. So it's like, well, if I'm going to die anyway, may as well do it so I can go to Valhalla. Yeah, so I can be shiny in chrome. So, which is interesting. So kind of just the synopsis of the story is that the post-apocalyptic, the world's horrible, and so these boys need blood, and that's how Max gets involved. He's a universal donor, and Nux is in need of blood, so they hook him up to Max. And uh, that's how he gets involved. And Furiosa, who was captured by Immortan Joe, her and her mom, she wants to redeem herself by redeeming and freeing these breeders, as he calls them, and uh, taking them to a place full of hope, to the green place, a place where they can be free of such horrible things. And slavery. And slavery and... Yeah, it's just really interesting to see. So I guess to get into the religion thing a little bit more is that these war boys have been, to their defense, faithfully following an unrighteous leader. Like, to their knowledge, and Morton Joe is their savior, right? He's the one that gives them water. He's the one that gives them food. He gives them life. And in this crazy world that I can't even begin to understand where everything has gone nuts to the point where you're dying constantly, they're trying to do what they believe is right. That they're, they're striving for immortality, a life. Like Nux kept saying, I live, I die, I live again. That they're, they're almost like striving for something beyond mortality. Just like a full life. Because throughout the movie, they kept saying, half-lives. Yeah. yeah, which I, I, looked at, I was trying to find a good definition of immortality, and I found this one online that I loved, and it's simply just a life that survives beyond mortality. I think that, so to that point that, and I think it's interesting, you know, in our relationship to religion and, and just critical thinking about that, you know, and what mortality we're striving for and what we're willing to do. It's just interesting, you know, I, not that part so much. I don't really think is something that I personally consider and think about a lot. I just think it's really cool filmmaking and cool lore in the movie that these war boys are just so devoted because of like their religious belief in what... And Morton Joe tells them that they'll go to Valhalla, and then they're all mediocre, I guess. <laughs> None of them do. None of 
Well, that shows like the flaw in, in what's his name again? In Morton Joe. Joe. Is that like he's he created this um, religion per se that if you die for me, I will take you to Valhalla or heaven per se. Is that they are so dedicated to it and that they try to just lay down their lives for him and every single time he's not satisfied because he doesn't, he's just not getting what he wants. Yeah. And so that kind of, it, it, that explains in Morton Joe that he's not just this, he's not this um, guy who's actually devoted to like this religion. No, he made this up so that people would follow him and he's actually just in it, all in it for himself. Cause there's three brothers in the movie and it seems like he's kind of the head honcho of the three. And then the other two are kind of complaining, like, okay, you're just so obsessed with what you want and everything that you have and all this stuff. They kind of just go along with it. And at the at the very end where his brothers are dying off, he kind of just, he really doesn't care. And he just, he just wants what he wants so badly, which his motive, I was trying to figure out what, I want to ask you, like, what do you think his motive was? Like his true motive of why he was doing all the stuff, went, went to such great lengths to get back to his his quote-unquote wives. I think it's just kind of his weird obsession with him that he was willing to leave his own home completely unabandoned. Or unabandoned. That's... (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Leave it abandoned. Unabandoned. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Disregardless. This is horrible. Anyway. So he's, I think it's just a crazy obsession with his control over these poor women to the point, and I mean, even his one splendid that he calls, I realize this time she has a different name. I don't remember what it is, like Ajam Dada or something like that. <laughs> That's way off, but I know it starts with an A and has a bunch of D's in it. But he calls her splendid, like he has this disgusting infatuation with her to the point where he like, like he's so bloodthirsty towards Furiosa but the second that Splendid like opens the door and leans in front of Furiosa, he like won't take the, the shot because he's so infatuated with this slave of his. It's disgusting what it is, really. And so he that his weird obsession for them causes him to just want to get them back. Yeah, I, I think this goes into... I read a book a long time ago. I don't remember what it was called or who wrote it or whatever. I just remember this one theme that was going about saying that, like, power just corrupts. That's all it does. Like, power is not good at all. And I think if you're in agreement with that statement, um, this movie kind of shows it. Um, because you got these three brothers, and they have power. And what do they do with it? They use it for only personal gain. Like, each of them... Everything they do is evil. Yeah. They're all disgusting, too. Yeah, like, it's awful. You know, each of these dudes just, ha- like, they each have these weird, like, issues or whatever, but, like... Yeah, like the like the gas, like the, the guzzling dude or whatever. Like, his, his legs have, like, warts on warts, and I, that was what I thought it was. It was just, like, super lazy. But I had a thought. That maybe one of his motives was not only like his crazy infatuation that he's just like evil as evil about all this stuff, but also that he is extremely confident that he is the all powerful. No one will ever cross him. So that him, Furiosa actually ex- trying to escape just infuriates him so much 
and then when he leaves, and then he, when he when he realizes that they try to go back to, what's it called? The Citadel. Citadel, knowing that it's unguarded. I kind of when he was when he realized it, you can just see that oh my gosh, I might lose like everything, and so he just kind of gets super, just desperate and just pretty much a savage. So I feel like it's more of what I'm trying to get to is that he's just like become he has so much confidence that he's just blind toward any sort of like no one can never touch me because I'm the Morton Joe. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think even even his name, which is interesting. I also I also find it really, um, what is the word I'm searching for? Contradicting how all the wives constantly say they wrote it in their room. I don't know if you want to call it a room, but you know who who killed the world? They say it to Nux. They say it throughout the movie, and I always was like, what does that even mean? Like, who did the what? <laughs> and then and Morton Joe constantly says like he's the savior. He's there to save everybody. I think it's a powerful, This so many articles about this movie have been written about the powerful messages about like feminism and like the male, oh, what's the word I'm searching for? The male, this is the only word coming to mind, hierarchy, but that's not the right word. The male dominance, just kind of in the world. Um, one of the, the yeah, it's, it's just really, really interesting to see like, they understand that, like, it was his pride, his selfishness, his belief that he was the greatest thing since sliced bread that killed the world. It just, I just realized that, first off, if you guys remember watching the movie 10,000 BC? Yeah. Oh, uh-huh. Where, so there's a point where they show up to this, like, new, like, this land. The main character is the protagonist, and they approach, and they realize they find this guy who claims that he is a god and that everybody worships him but then he the the main protagonist kills this sort of quote-unquote god and then he says look he's mortal he's no longer like he's i just proved him wrong and then everybody kind of just like goes crazy and like they're free people and then in coming back here to mad max when they showed and morton joe he this guy is dead everybody's like he's dead he is not the redeemer he's not our he's not our guy he's just some dude who's selfish and then everybody's just you know free for themselves like we are our own person so i i, I just realized that there's that such a small comparison there too i don't know would you agree with that no yeah definitely uh, so uh just kind of moving away from the craziness of in morning joe because i i again i i profess myself as an expert on this and i'm struggling to explain my thoughts about it because i have so many that like i don't know where to start so let's start with something that i'm confident i can explain better um a a profound theme and message i think this movie has and furiosa mentions it mad max mentions it to furiosa um is the the theme of redemption um i don't know what are your your, before i say anything i want to hear your guys' thoughts about it when you say redemption do you mean like hope Kind of the, the both of them combined, um, you know. Hope was for the wives, a hope of saving themselves, redeeming themselves from this slavery, so to speak. So I guess you could say in that way. And I think Furiosa's hope was to redeem herself of not being able to, I don't know, protect herself, protect women. I don't know. It's it's hard for me to understand Furiosa's desire for redemption, or like Max's desire, his his inability to save his family. 
and in some way he wants to redeem himself from those those actions. Or Nux, for example, to redeem himself from his blind loyalty to in Morton Joe. There's a lot of themes that I that I have in there. Yeah. But anyway, I went too far. <laughs> well, I I think that was one thing I, I picked up on watching the movie was was Max and his this constant like right from the get go, you know, in the first couple seconds of the movie you get this effect of where he's like standing out over the desert and he hears like the voice of his daughter and like his wife so from the get-go you kind of get this feel of like something that kind of haunts him and then it kind of drives him to make certain decisions later on of and how like he says like i remember he says to furiosa like there is no hope or something like that i don't remember the exact line but hope is a mistake yeah Yeah, if you don't get what you're hoping for you'll go insane yeah yeah and so basically, like, I think that's what drived him to kind of reach out to them and, and to save the group of women and say, hey, let's go back to the Citadel because, like, there is hope there. And he kind of realized he could save them. So I think it, um, it kind of, the theme I was just trying to, or at least I picked up on from him was, like, um, in the end, like, we all have that hope. Like, it's just our choice whether to, like, accept it or not. Because hope can be like one of the biggest like motivators ever. Um, if you, even if you have like a tiny bit of hope, you're gonna do like everything you can to like reach that goal or whatever. And so I feel like Max is getting haunted by the idea that he can't save the people he wants to save. And so that's I kind of he tells you that like he is hunted by all like in the beginning. He's just alone like an outcast. He refuses to like create any type of bond with anyone. Because he, I think, deep down feels like he can't save anyone. So when he finally accepts that, like, he cares about, like, some people and he wants to help them, he's, like, accepting that hope of the idea of, like, yeah, you can have, like, a good relationship with someone and still have that hope and that's okay. Like, it's human to do that and, like, you don't have to be an outcast. Yeah. I also think it's really interesting, like, the, uh, what's, what's the word I'm searching for? Um, let's just talk about that quote at the end of the movie you know what I'm talking about like right after it ends like like Furiosa yeah so Furiosa's raising up into the citadel and Max gets off and he just walks through the crowd and shares just a simple nod with her and wanders off and then the quote shows up where where must we go we who wander this wasteland in search of our better selves the first history man it's a something that George Miller made up for the movie, but I don't know. Yeah. So where must we go? We who wander this wasteland in search of our better selves. My first thought is we always want to be better than who we are right now. Like we were always looking forward. Like I want to be better. I want to get rid of this old habit. I want to, you know, so on and so forth is Mad Max had this, like this grudge or this like regret that he's been carrying with him forever that he couldn't save his family and then he sees these group of people who are trying to find hope trying to find happiness and he says i can make a difference and he and he helps and he saves helps save them and then he doesn't once he does that he's like i feel like i am a better person because of what i have just done and so he feels satisfied feels satisfied with that and so he kind of just blends back blends into the crowd to where I am like 
I don't know. I can't find anything like else. Maybe just like he he can be a part of the crowd now. Can, I don't know. That's what makes part of the crowd. That's he, what makes me think. So if he can go and do, I can go and just live my own life. I don't have to go and run away from everyone. Run away from everyone or try to uh, avenge or redeem my my family. But it's just that I I am a better person. Therefore, I I am happy. I'm I'm com- I'm. I'm fine with myself and I, can, and I can now just depart and just yeah I think it's interesting that like Mad Max necessarily isn't like a superhero whereas his yeah like like it's, he's like it's not like his job to save everybody in the world like I'm sure because of the goodness in him he would um, but that's not that's not who he is that's not what he's, he's striving to do you know he it's left An anti-hero not not even that like yeah at the beginning he he talks about how the only instinct left is to survive and that's anything else besides surviving is secondary and, and you can kind of see that instinct in max you know when he takes a map he gathers more ammo he gets another boot he keeps the blood tube you know like anyway so back to the quote and something that I should have said in my two cents, but I didn't, that I love about this movie, particularly when it approaches like themes and what I like to call social commentary, is that it asks more questions than it gives answers, which I think is profound. That I think it's a, it's really, really life-changing, for a back of, lack of better words, to walk away from a conversation or a movie about difficult subjects or, or very personal and introspective subjects and to walk away with a question. I think that's always more powerful than to walk away with an answer. I could be wrong. Maybe that's up for personal interpretation. But I, what I love about this movie is that it asks kind of, you know, are, are we wandering? Are, are we in a wasteland? Are we, what, it, what is our better selves that we're in search of? Where, where do we need to go? Um, uh, I don't know. And I, I, I don't have the answers to these questions. I, I really like this movie because it, every time I watch it, it makes me think. Because, again, in that wasteland that they're in, in the desert, they have one job, survive. Anything else is secondary. In our world, there's so much more. There's so many small wastelands. Yeah, there, there's so many more complexities that make this wasteland that much more wasteful, for lack of better words. Makes it more difficult in wandering through in search of our better selves. Like if you think If you think about it, like... Like living, like think about like your own life. Is there ever a point where I just need to survive? Other than like having a bad day, is there ever a point where you're like, okay, I need to survive. I need, I need to just try to be alive by the end of the day. Like I don't really feel like, like think of, I'm thinking about today, for example. I never, I've never had that thought today of like, I need to survive. But the director is asking, are we living in a wasteland right now? And it's not literally saying a physical geor- geographical place, but a place where like you are going nowhere, you're not making any progress, and your happiness feels dull, and you're not you don't feel like you feel like you need to be a better person, but you're not doing anything about it. And my thought was to answer that question, I feel like I always need to push myself. And throughout the whole movie it gave the this it gave me a, th- a feeling of this is just dragging out. Like they've done so much and they're so tired. I must them that they're exhausted. Like I don't ever see them in the movie ever like actually eating actual food. Like you never actually see that. 
Yeah. Like, they'll mention it a couple of times, but that or like them drinking water. That's a couple of scenes where it actually shows that. But it's a point where I'm sure they're just exhausted. And then there's actually one scene I remember where it just cuts up to them actually sleeping, they're actually asleep, just trying to recover, and that all those necessities. It's they are trying. That's all they're thinking about. But here in our life right now, we hardly ever think about that. There, I can. There's a water bottle in my hand. There's food right over here in the in, right here in the pantry. But that like, the director was trying to show that being a better person is a reachable goal, not this abstract thought. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think I think it's really really interesting to to think about and and analyze. Again, I I don't have the answers to, and I I think it's something we all have to answer. One answer. I will say that this, I feel that this movie gives kind of to the question in search of our better selves, in search of that better person, where do we go? What has to be done type of thing? You know, like what, where's that redemption? How do you achieve said redemption to be a better person? I think one that this movie really emphasizes, especially this time I caught on to it, is the fight against injustice, no matter what it will be. Um, you know, in this movie, I feel like Max honestly had a ton of agency. I think a lot of times in movies, main characters, protagonists are just kind of like thrown into the story and no matter what they do about it, they're just involved in this conflict. And multiple times, Max was given a way out and he goes back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's even one point he's like, oh, I'll, I'll find my own way. And he can't, he can't rest, you know, so to speak. So he goes and gets him and, and gives him hope again when they were completely out of it. Um, and I, th- I think it kind of asks the question in, in search of our better selves. You know, it answers that question with another question. Well, how far are you willing to go to fight injustice in the world? Whether it's slavery to breeders, as somebody calls them in this movie, you know, women, whatever it is. I, I think it's something I still don't have my head totally wrapped around. But every time I watch it, the movie makes me consider kind of my own moral standings and my defense of what is right and wrong and my defense and and striving to reach that better person and what I'm willing to do and where I'm going. If I'm even searching, sometimes it makes me wonder that. Yeah, I mean, my take on that quote is what, when I... I want to ask you guys a question. When you hear the word wasteland, like what's one of the first words that like pops into your head? Just wasteland. Like, and the first word is dull. Desert. Desert, you know, a waste land, right? And I think um, part of that, what that quote is is kind of reaching for is that um, there's going to be wastelands that we all have to go through to be, be like a better person. Like, to be a better person, we have to go through some pretty hard stuff. Like, it's going to be difficult. It's going to be things you may not want to do or maybe things we even dread doing. But... You know, I'm sure when they, in the movie, when they made the choice, Max convinces them all to go back to the Citadel. Like, they even recognize, heck, we might even die. But, you know, we're going, there actually is hope. We're not just going to go off for 160 days in one direction just thinking that there's going to be something out there. But they have an actual destination in mind. And, yeah, actual hope placed towards something that will actually, like, pay off for them. And then, like, they choose, hey, yeah, we're probably going to die, and it's going to be really tough, but we're going to do it. And in the end, yeah, you know, things go down. They lose some of their close friends, but they reach their goal. 
and like they went through like trials and stuff like that too so i think that quote to me my take on it is that we all have to pass through like certain wastelands and yeah it may be dull it may be like a desert or you know whatever comes to your mind when you think of wasteland but that to be a better person requires like some kind of sacrifice or like push to maybe do things you don't want to do and i think in the end like at the end of the day you just gotta ask yourself like have i tried becoming a better person today maybe facing those demons that are inside yourself or maybe just out there in the world that necessarily you're afraid of or don't want to like face but i think in the end like if you truly want to become a better person you gotta face it at some point and whether you want to do it alone or with people i think that's your choice but that's kind of my take on that quote i just had a thought um do you guys remember one of the girls they with one of the girls she died because of this throughout the whole battle one of them died and then a some a one another one was just saying why did we leave such a like a, a quote unquote high life they were saying like they, she treated us he treated us he took care of us even though he kind of drug drove us through the mud was kind of crazy but we were able to live and like we had resources we had all this stuff and she actually wanted to go back kind of like this is kind of a weird tie-in um but like when they in the bible and when israelites were pulled were like left they left egypt and then they wanted to go back because it was so hard they wanted to go back and do their easy life so going off of what kelton said is that like sometimes it's hard to want to go back and just well you know being miserable and not really progressing anywhere or going anywhere it wasn't that bad like you're trying to convince yourself like this uncomfortable spot right now was it was not worth it i want to go back to being miserable again because i found a level of happiness but you gotta push through the wasteland in order to see that there is a place where you can be happier than where you are right now yeah yeah it's it, it's interesting to have conversations about this movie now that people have seen it because i mean you can have like very superficial conversations about how cool it looks then you can have deep conversations about questions yeah. that makes you ask yourself so just kind of to wrap it up here my my last thought i think that in search of that better person that truly is redemption reaching that better person so to speak if it ever can be reached um, but I think that really is, in a way, is its own immortality. I love that the quote is written by the first history man, because at, at any given point in time, there's a first history man, someone who writes the first history after the world starts over. And I like to think that it's somebody writing this, the history of Mad Max and, and, and prompting us to think, where do we go in, in search of this, and of our better selves telling a story about someone who did so much to, to better the world. And I think in that way, we can reach an immortality, meaning a life that lives beyond our mortal life, you know, is, is reaching that redemption in our better selves. So, Yeah, and, and kind of to wrap up my thoughts here is like, um, overall, this is a movie, it's a good movie. Like, you got to have different expectations. It's not going to be like your standard just like action movie, but um, go in, you know, just with an open mind and like just look for things that you enjoy. And if you do that, you'll enjoy the movie. Yeah. Um, and also, like, before we forget, like, you guys should follow us on, like, our, our social media accounts, too. Yeah, definitely. We got we Tweet at us. Tell us what we could do better. Tell us what things you want us to talk about in movies. Tell us what you like about the movies. But tweet at us. Um, it's at Binge Basement. That's our Twitter. 
So it definitely follow us on there. Tweet at us. And uh, subscribe on any places you can subscribe to podcasts. And next week, definitely come back because we're starting something pretty big. It's going to be way different than this movie. That's for sure. Yeah. It's going to take a while. It's going to take. So what we're doing real quick. We'll key in exclusive first look (laughs) is that we are starting our journey with Iron Man and going all the way through the Infinity Saga. So Iron Man all the way to Spider-Man Far From Home. And that is going to take a long time, one week at a time. But uh, we're going to break it up into the phases. And after each phase, we're going to take a break with a few other movies and jump back back into Marvel. So if you love podcasts, you love movies, and especially if you love Iron Man and Marvel, subscribe because we're going to be watching each movie and talking about it. So. And again, the our Twitter account is at binge basement, the basement binge. Follow us on Twitter to see sneak peeks and updates about our podcast and where you can listen to listen and re-listen to episodes that we've done before and keep up to date. Mm-hmm. Thanks well, for listening. We're also looking to have like an Instagram account too soon, so yeah, we'll keep you up updated on that. Instagram account. Stay tuned for that. Yeah. So, uh, thanks for listening. Ciao, ciao. <laughs> Save big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for one twenty nine each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine a pound. All with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.